0: The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM.
1: alaikum, welcome back. Sorry, we had a little disturbance. Um, welcome back to Inspire FM. Listen to Community Connect. Um, today, I'm joined by Ibrahim Kiani. If you can at me, Ibrahim Kiani and Mustafa Assad. Uh And today, we're going to be talking about how are, are we too reliant on computers. And how do emotions affect our decisions? Yeah. So, so yeah, everyone's kind of all c- c- kind of quiet at the moment because we just c- sort of tried going live and d- it, didn't uh, it didn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> we do oh. apologize if we're a bit quiet to start with because that kind of just sh- kind of gave me a bit of a shock. But, yeah, yeah. so. Let's check
2: st- how everyone's feeling so far. So, <laughs> how are you doing?
1: Um, I, I was okay t- up until then. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that kind of just threw me off. How are you, Yubi?
0: I'm good, Alhamdulillah. How about you, Mr. Watt? Yeah, I'm doing great as well. How are your holidays going so far?
1: Yeah, uh, so far so good. Um, yeah, I've realised I've got like, loads of homework I haven't done yet. <laughs> 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 Same, <laughs> man. Same problem. Right. Any, uh, anyway, so um, you can join in the conversation by calling us on 01582-481-822 or you can text or WhatsApp us on 777 Triple Seven Nine Four Eight One Eight Double Two. Um And I think it'd be good to join in the conversation let us know your opinions you can also watch us live on Facebook and in fact you can comment and we can read out some of your comments if you've got any questions or want to join in the discussion then you can know how to get involved
2: yeah we usually get a lot of interaction on Facebook so yeah mainly Facebook
1: so and what what how many likes should we aim for today
2: um today seven likes
1: That's I mean good. seven's a push but okay we'll go for seven yeah it means all, it literally means all of you like need to like yeah. So first topic, are we too reliant on computers? So I want to start off with Ibrahim. What's yeah. your opinion on that?
2: Um, I think that in terms of like generally just computers, I think we are too dependent on computers. Um, but I think it's a good thing because, like for example, I had like an interview recently and I couldn't find my national insurance letter and then I saved it on my laptop. And I think paper is just a bit, like, obviously it's a bit rich to say, like, for, especially for the new generation, it's a bit difficult to manage paper. But sometimes it's more easy to just manage stuff online. Like, you can save it in this place and save it in that place. With paper, it's just all a bit messing around. So I think we are too reliant on computers because sometimes, like, uh, if I get, like, an email or something, if I get, like, a letter in the post, then I won't even, like, bother opening or looking at it because I know it's just going to be in my email anyway. So I think in that term, like, we're too reliant. But I think it's a good thing, though.
1: And Mustafa, what about you?
0: Yeah, to be honest, I think computers are just dead help us, not really making us lazy or anything. It's not that big of a problem.
1: See, I w- obviously, I agree with you, but just to take the role of doctor's advocate here. Is that the word? Devil's no. advocate. <laughs> devil's <Demons> advocate. <laughs> okay, devil's advocate here. Um, so wouldn't you argue that Obviously computers are there to help us, but there's also another aspect there in terms of the social side and it sort of takes away of that. Because in terms of socialising, that's often traditionally done by face-to-face interactions and there's something about face-to-face interactions which you can't achieve by just using a computer and that's why having a conversation with someone in person is much more difficult than, say, doing it online because there's so so many more other skills involved so wouldn't you argue that, although in some aspects of our lives, computers are, they help us, they are sort of taking away our basic skills that we need in other aspects?
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Because I feel that, like, when you communicate with someone, you don't really, like, you're not really that interested within the conversation, because you know that sometimes, especially if, like for people who are not really like sociable at all, they won't really talk that much face-to-face, but then on a screen it's just easier for them to communicate so I think at that aspect like for introverted people it's easier to talk behind the screen and you know just like to communicate so in that sense it is good but I can understand like when people they're not interested in conversations or not because they don't really see the need for it anymore especially in today's day and age when you have technology like computers where you can just communicate 24-7
1: but when obviously talking about people who may be introverted and may struggle talking in social situations then wouldn't you argue that it's it's better for them to actually overcome their fears by going through those difficulties and being put in that awkward situation because although they may struggle at at first, the only way they'll really only ever overcome it is by doing it multiple times and then becoming used to it. But if they're simply just always communicating with people using computers, they'll never actually get over that fear of social gatherings.
2: Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And I think that as technology develops, the more the most successful technology usually removes obstacles for humans to develop. Like if you look at for example online shopping and some of the biggest online shopping websites and social media, it just takes away that aspect of making like your life easier and like basically taking away interaction with everyday life. Um and I think that that is a negative to like uh for on us because when we have social media and we have online shopping, things like this We don't, obstacles get removed from our life and we find it easier to just do stuff online and it takes away that human interaction. But I suppose that is a sort of holdback, stops people from developing. But then for people who like really struggle, it is sort of putting them in a comfort zone. And even though it stops people developing, it also provides them with a more comfortable life, which is what we should be striving for.
1: Now, I want to ask Musfa this. Do you think that computers... Are we, do we even use computers anymore or would you say that we've moved on from we're moving on from computers and mo- moving on to a more mobile device sort of era where we're using more tablets and mobile phones and so we, d- we don't even really rely on computers as much as people say we used to
0: um to be honest mobiles and uh tablets they're all just they're all just pretty much m- just movable computers so it's pretty much the same thing i would say but we are then de- de- definitely moving on um to using more mobile devices and actual pcs
2: yeah i think computers are sort of becoming quite old-fashioned now especially with introduction of laptops and like int- like laptops and ipads in one you can have like a laptop and an ipad um and even phones to be honest because there used to be like applications that you could only use on a, a computer and you couldn't use on your phone but now like all these softwares are just creating apps that you can download on your phone so there's not really any need for a computer um yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll be honest, I, I don't think I use my phone on my phone as much as I use yeah. other devices, is that the same for you guys? Yeah, I think so as well. It's actually kind of strange mm-hmm. that you buy a phone, not to use the phone mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, I was wanted to get you guys guys' opinion, do you think it's good that young people are being introduced to technologies that from a young, young age? Because I remember in my primary school, we used to, ha- used to get new computers, new softwares, and we used to have to learn how to use it. But do you think that's actually a good thing? or? you think that's limiting the children's education experience
2: i think it's important to expose to especially young generations the introduction of technology and how it's developing but i think uh, people get quite confused and they say that we should just completely restrict children from technology and we shouldn't allow them to have laptops computers or phones or anything like that but when you do that it just makes them more excited and more eager to use their phones and laptops and it's just like something that's held away with you held away from you for the rest of your life and when you finally get freedom to use it you exploit it and you're constantly on your phone and on your laptop but technology is there to make our lives easier and i think especially in like today's day and age when you have school and like college and all of this stuff technology is a very big part of that because there's going to be certain emails that you get and certain tasks that you have to do on your computer and a laptop and if you're not familiar with softwares like really big softwares that people that colleges and school use often then you're going to be falling behind so i suppose that even though some people will say that we reduce technology to improve a child's possibilities of educating themselves that it sort of restricts them because not being up to times with technology means that you're not going to be up to times with what the teachers are telling you to do and not being able to finish off work at home or do extra revision at home
1: and i also want to add on to that because often when you see in the media it's always that oh technology is limiting children is it's a bad thing social media is a bad thing but I I think it's only, yes, technology has its bad aspects, but I think we only shed a light on that, and there's many good and positive things that can help benefit children in their education with technology, and I think it's, when you're talking about um, children growing up, then when they finally exposed to it, they exploit technologies. Um, When, so, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I was going to say, when young people, I think for young people, we you should try to target them to actually use technology, but try to teach them the positive ways yeah. we can use it. And therefore, when they do get to an older age, when and they have all this access to, say, mobile phones, for example, their use of it is going to be more productive because that's all they've learned from a young age.
2: Yeah, there's going to be pros and cons, de- like most almost everything that we come in contact with. Um, I've got a question for you. Do you think that the development of technology so because it's quite interesting to say how we think that computers are quite old-fashioned but if we were to speak to our parents our parents would still be quite amazed by the introduction of computers because i think we take that like, technology for like granted like we don't think about how like a small little box can like a phone can just give us access to like the whole entire world um and it, so do you think that technology is developing too fast for our generation or do you think that it's happening at a decent rate
1: I think it's it's a, it's not a bad thing, that is, I think it's generating, uh, developing too fast, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. I just think we don't appreciate how amazing the technology is. If we were to go back 40 years from now, literally none of this would exist, phones were literally like bricks back yeah. then, and in, you know, f- now a phone it can be extremely thin and you can uh, access pretty much anything as you said, so I don't think we appreciate it as much. But the fact that we are developing so quickly, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's just we don't no long we no longer sort of have an appreciation for the things that we have uh, and the te- the how great the technologies that we actually are able to access. Yeah. Mm. Mustafa,
0: what about you? Um, don't you think that that would make uh, the fact that tenor- technology is um like expanding so rapidly? Don't you think that would mean that there's certain dangers and things that we're not un- unaware of and stuff, to which could like harm us in ways we don't know like that is a good point and
1: i remember i remember hearing about this so um if one of you guys could confirm it for me but i remember hearing that you're not meant to sleep with the phone under your pillow because yeah, of radiation yeah so i think that's that's sort of stuff. because mm. i think we're developing so quickly maybe we don't actually take into consideration possible side effects so that's a good point to be fair
2: it also shows how Unnatural technology is especially for humans because, like, developing from like when we had to just fend for ourselves and ancestors had to fend for ourselves and you know, do everything we didn't they didn't rely on technology to do anything for them, and then it shows that technology and mankind don't really fit together and it removes obstacles from our lives. Like, if we wanted to get something, it's easy to just go into your phone and click into an app and then order it straight away. Um, and I think that it even though some people might view it as a good thing like we get quite excited by the idea of new innovative technology that helps us basically stay on our bed and not have to do anything and we can still get everything to us but technology also in the like technical asset it opens up more careers to children and it gives children more opportunities to like explore new careers and do something more interesting instead of like the basic jobs of like oh you know I want to do like not basic jobs but more like traditional jobs it sort of Pushes them away from it and gives them more like opportunities.
1: Okay, so Ab Saban isn't currently with us and see so you might have noticed, but he's actually back. he's actually backstage because he's the only admin here at SPY at the moment. Mm-hmm. So he was saying that he thinks technology is deve- developing at a rate uh that is ba- at the rate it is is bad because uh we're all sort of behind the we're always behind the clock and we can't keep up with it. Which I think is true because if you buy a mobile for example within the next like few years it is it th- that that te- form of technology would be sort of date yeah um i just wanted to get back on to your point you brought on uh, earlier about how we've how we've evolved to sort of use these forms of technology it sort of made me question in my head what is technology because for us what we've talked about is computers um cell phones and mobiles and tablets for example but for someone say in the seventeen hundreds, technology would have been a printing printing press, for example. So uh, the way I sort of see it is technology has always existed. It's just the how advanced the te- technology is and ha- how what what it actually does for us has changed, and that's what's exactly involved. Because I think it's human nature to try and find something to make it easier for us. It's just the way we've done that now has is m- much more different compared to previous generations
0: there should be a balance between like um the amount of technology we're using like we should be able to like not be able to like make it control us and uh, make it just completely ruin our uh, lifestyle but make it um sort of aid us instead of taking over
1: that's true um i also sort of want to also add on to that about when you're sort of saying about te- te- technology taking over our lives one big part of one pro- big problem with technology, especially with people, people our age, is that their lives become, lives become too obsessed with technology and other things, for example, education or religion becomes sort of sidelined, unfortunately, and their main focus is um, the, the devices that they have in their hands. How do you think we can combat that?
2: I think introducing technology at a moderated rate, but from an early age, because I think, like in like in france for example the legal age for alcohol is quite low but there's a certain limit that you can drink it and it's quite a smart theory behind it it's so that when children get older and they go to university they're not like so excited that oh there's something i've never tried before and i'm gonna just go crazy and like drink all the alcohol yeah. and everything <laughs> so interesting from a young age but in small moderations if children are familiar with technology, first of all, it allows them to develop the familiarity with technology. So when they get to school and college, they know what they're doing, and they're not really behind. And it they're sort of up to times, but in small amounts. So when they do get older, it's not like oh, this is something I've never seen before. Let me just go and explore and, and spend all day on it.
1: But don't you think there's loopholes in that? Because I'll admit, in my primary school, we used to have ICT lessons, but even when I was in 20, after knowing how to use a computer and being exposed to it before even when I was in ICT lessons during year eight I was waste my time playing online games and from from your guys marks, I probably guess the same with you guys so yeah. I, I think it, with young people it's sort of within their nature to go against the boundaries anyway so I think this still that, that that sort of stuff can still be expo- uh, exposed and abused by people
2: yeah I think that is a common problem as well like good example you gave of like most of the people like we even though we've been exposed to it and we're familiar we still abuse the system and do what we please but I think that's with everything like for example rules for example we introduced from a young age but we still break rules when we're older because it's just that rebellious attitude that everyone has within them and I think that the best way to learn something is to make a mistake and do it wrong and then you learn for life because when someone just tells you something and tells you something like for example we know that if we go and jump out of a window, it's going to hurt ourselves. But usually, we develop that fear from falling from a much smaller height and realizing that we hurt ourselves. And that's why we realize and we scale up and say, if I was to fall from a bigger height, then it would hurt even more. And I think that when children, like, obviously, they're going to make a mistake and they're most likely going to end up overusing a phone or a laptop or a computer. And then they'll realize that it's not actually the right thing to do. But if they're just constantly being allowed to do that, then they will never realize that it's the wrong thing to do because they're in that cycle. So it's the parents' responsibility to be on top of how long their children are using these laptops and computers for.
1: Um, I just wanted to get you guys' question, a guys' opinion on the term "computer illiterate," and what do you think that term means? And have you ever met someone in our generation who is actually computer illiterate?
2: Not being able to use a computer. Yeah, uh, I've never met anyone thus from our generation, anyway.
1: What about you, Mustafa?
0: Not really. Most people, most people I know, are quite fluent in using computer.
1: What about pe- pe- say generation? Say, what about our parents' generation? Have you met people say aunts and uncles that are computer computer literate?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think my dad, my dad's quite computer illiterate, but he knows the basics. But when it comes to stuff like, so like setting up a new phone or things like that, he's quite dependent on. Me and my brother and sister to do stuff because it's just quite confusing. And even it's like, but because me and my brother and sister grew up with that type of technology and were so used to how it runs, and they weren't used to it because, like, growing up, like you said, they only had those small brick phones which you could only make phone calls and text messages from. And then going to this whole like different realm of having facial recognition and touch ID and all these things, it's just really confusing. I think that we'll be in the same position when we get older and where we're at when we're our parents' age. Will just be so confused what all this new technology is, and won't really make any sense.
1: And I think that highlights back to the point of how quickly technology is advanced. Because say if you were say if you're in your thirties now, you wouldn't you when sort of t- smartphones f- smartphones really took off, you'd only been in your twenties, so you probably were part of the um craze to go get these new smartphones. But chances are now you have probably fallen out of that because of how quickly the te- technology is pushed on. For example, you mentioned face IDs, um, face recognition, sorry. Just a few years ago, that was sort of like, oh, maybe in a like, couple of years' time, who knows if that will ever actually happen. But now it's pretty much on every new fo- phone. Yeah. Uh, you can use face ID or finger, uh, fingerprint to access it. So I think it just shows how quickly technology is m- moving forward and how we're struggling to sort of keep up with it
2: yeah because it's like for example my a couple of my friends in six i got the new like the one of the latest phones and then like they don't even use touch recognition anymore and this is my first phone right now that I have that has touch, like um fingerprint recognition and already that's out of fashion and people are like moving to facial id and then after that it will move on to something else so in that sense i think that we we are too reliant on like computers and stuff because we think that we're so familiar with it and then something else is introduced, and it's quite hard for us to keep up.
1: So we're talking about um, computer, people being computer illiterate. But why is it hard for people just to learn how to use a computer when it's just another skill, necessarily? And we learn new skills all the time in our lives. So what makes learning a computer so much more harder?
2: I think the like because it's so hard to wrap your mind around... like imagine if someone when the first brick phone came out said that oh yeah in this many years you're going to be able to just look at your phone and it will open i think that's what makes it quite difficult and i think in the future it will happen to us that it just won't make any sense to us on how that technology has been developed like for example like drones was quite a big craze a few years ago and I whole like everyone was quite excited about that but then because drones became so familiar and so popular quite quickly the like Popularity about it sort of died down.
1: Mustafa, what about you? Why do you think that so many people struggle with actually gaining the skill of using a computer?
0: Yeah, I I agree with Ibrahim. I think it's just the um, there's it's the complexity of the way um, technology is advancing. It just makes it a little quite hard for people to understand.
1: See, I would sort of disagree with that because although yes, technology is advancing c- quite uh, significantly, especially over the last few years. I've still argue that the basic principles of a of a computer or a tablet or a mobile phone are still the same. Uh, for example, you, when using a computer, certain softwares are pretty much the exact same to use the softwares that we use the most often, uh, and even for people using the web, sometime from previous generations, using the internet is something quite hard. And I would sort of argue that it's. Previous generations feeling that they don't need to actually keep up to date, keep up to date with technology, and therefore not actually putting the effort into learn how to use a computer because because they're so used to doing it without uh, using a uh, using technology, they sort of don't feel it's necessary to for certain tasks. Obviously, some tasks now is compulsory, but there might be certain things where they feel that um, they they're so so used to doing it. Um, without technology, that they don't feel is necessary.
2: Yeah, and I think that's also because, like, old-fashioned, like paper and pen hasn't been completely wiped out yet. Like, we still have to use paper and pen at college and at high school, and things like that. And I think that is also why sometimes old generation don't bother learning about like new technology and, and things like. That. What about you, Mister? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think, um, uh, I think it's true because it's just. I don't know, I think it's, yeah. Um,
1: Abdul just said a good point, you were saying about technology and education, and um, I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware, um, we, you can literally get an entire textbook now on your phone. Um, for example in college, they recommend us to use a certain website where you can get the class textbooks online, and in fact in class they, when we're doing research tasks, tell us to take, the pho- take our phones out and go on to the textbook. So I just want to get your opinion on how technology can actually be used in a positive way. For example, how is how the college how our college tries using it?
2: Yeah, I think technology is like quite positive. Like you said, like helping us develop, te- and also it makes like handling school life a lot easier. Like for if we were just like because we get so many emails from college, especially because we just started about the different clubs. It would like for example the ability club. We made like a group chat, and we can just send all our like. Speeches on there and discuss everything on there, and we have emails to refer back to. But if it was just on paper, then you'd have to constantly reply. and we wouldn't be able to like communicate properly. So I think in that time, like technology helps develop education quite a lot.
1: And I think that's a good point because um, for debating, me and Ibrahim are on the same team and we're in this team with someone that we don't really know. So having technology in that aspect is much more easier because we don't really see that person. So we're able to communicate with him despite not really being in the same sort of social uh, crowd and social surroundings as him, um, which sort of shows the benefits of possibly actually meeting new people. So although people say technology limits your social social skills, it it can actually do the contrary as well and it can actually allow you to expand your social group and allow you to meet loads more different people. Mm. Mm. So we'll be talking about... We'll, we'll be talking about uh, emotions and how they affect our decisions uh, after the break. Um, be sure to join us back.
2: Asalaamu Alaikum. Waalaikum this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to InspireFM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh. Okay, Asalaamu Alaikum everyone, welcome back to Inspire 105.1 5.1 FM. You're currently listening to Community Connect, and I'm joined here with, with Most and Mustafa. <laughs> and the topic for this segment of the show is, do emotions limit our capabilities?
1: I'm really <laughs> laughing because twice today, in our show, is my we're just struggling a bit
2: because usually yeah. Abdul's here to sort out everything and Abdul he's not here today, so we're just we're just struggling a little bit. So, so do, do forgive us. Yeah, do forgive us and we'll promise next week we'll be better because we've just learnt from a lot of mistakes we made today. Next week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is our topic for today. Do emotions limit our capabilities? Mustafa, of what is your opinion on this?
0: Um I think emotions they don't Limit cap- capabilities, I think... I think they just... They... I mean... Do you think that because of your emotions... Like, or not just your emotions... But
2: do you think that because of people's emotions... Like, for example, love and hate... It limits them from,
0: like... Achieving something? Yes. Because... It gives you, like... It stops you from focusing on the task ahead.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that, like... For, especially, like, of that point... Is that emotions, they... In my personal opinion, I think that like emotions towards like family and friends, sometimes they can hold you back. Like for, like for example, I was watching like some interviews of like quite a few like like really famous millionaires, and they're saying that to get to that stage of wealth, they usually have to give up some plates within the life, and it's usually their social life. So I think emotions that sense, because some people define like they don't define money as success. But I would find, like, successes in, like, achieving stuff. I think sometimes having that connection with, like, family or friends, it can just hold you back from achieving something.
1: Um, I sort of want to agree with Ibrahim there because um, I think there's many times where you might be given an opportunity, and that means you have to trade in your free time, and with that free time, you might be using that to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you might be using that to... <laughs> Um, help with your social life and for that you'll have to trade in uh, potential ties with family members or um, friends and therefore you're having to compromise on your uh, own personal free time.
2: Yeah, so I think I, w- I would agree with that. Mustafa, do you think that within your daily life, emotions are sort of holding you back from doing something that you've always wanted to do?
0: Um. Yeah, because uh, I think maybe the I think it's the other way around actually, because I think um, I'm. I really like art, yeah. and um, it's like one of my passions, and I really like doing it. But um, now I have to like um, focus on A levels and all that stuff, yeah. so it's kind of stopping me from going after my hobbies and interests.
2: Like so you would say that, kind of that like your, so you would say that because of just every single day, like like the common perceptions of everyday life is just holding you back from expressing your emotions
0: essentially. Yeah, essentially.
2: Yeah, I think I would agree with that because sometimes like you can get stuck in the middle of like work life or school life, and you don't really have time for yourself essentially. And I think it's quite a negative thing that people just have this perception of if you want a job, then it has to be no basic job, but quite a common job, and you can't really express your like your emotions by becoming like an artist or an
1: actor. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people usually do aspire to be. Um, I sort of feel that when we have um, when you. I've also, can only known from my own personal experience. When you have opportunities, um, I've learned that I've sort of had sometimes compromised based on my own social group. For example, say if my group of friends aren't going applying for a certain role within the school, then in the past I might have been willing to sort of trade in my ambitions to go into that role as well, just to sort of stick in with the crowd. Yeah. And I think that's sort of. Um, quite often you see that with humans uh, we often try to follow the crowd and we're sort of like sheep in that in that aspect and we don't often we we, we compromise our own ambitions and our own uh, dreams just to appear similar to the people that we're around
2: yeah i would agree with that that like so like I completely relate to that because like for example with the student executive role that we applied for in Chorney because we knew everyone that was doing it it was more comfortable to apply and It was more comfortable to because we were just doing it with our friends but sixth form is quite it's a bit more difficult to like say oh I want to do this role. I want to do that role because like within Chorney like within high school because you know everyone everyone's sort of familiar about like what your ambitions are and what you want to do and for those who really like strive to do like the best they can and apply for roles like this there's not really any judgment because everyone knows that they have their ambitions and they respect that and they usually support you within that. But within Sixth form, because you don't really know everyone, it's just like you sort of feel that I don't want to embarrass myself in front of everyone because not everyone's aware of like what I want to do and what my aims are.
1: And I can sort of relate to that because I applied for the student council there and I had my interview just Monday actually and I found out I got the role but then Although I was happy, I was sort of like, oh, wait, that means my picture's going to have to go up near the uh, refectory in uh, sixth form. And although I was happy that I've managed to get the role, I also thought, hang on, everyone's going to see that I'm in the student council. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because not everyone's going to understand what my ambitions are and what I want to actually achieve. And they might sort of judge me based on that.
2: Yeah. And I think that it's a stereotype that people need to start to break down because... It all sort of does limit people, like, especially when you get older and you want to, like, go and do something with your life. And then you sort of regret not doing anything because you were just afraid of what people thought. Have you ever felt like there was a time in your life where you wanted to do something that would have improved you as a person, but because of everyone's perceptions of it, you just didn't go and do it? Like, for example, that student council thing, even though you were afraid of people's perceptions, you still did it. But has there ever been a time where you thought, no, I'm not going to do it because of what people think?
1: Um, there's been times where, um, I'm not sure if this was the same for everyone, but for example stuff like student council sometimes, they would be, it would be the class that chose it, and there was times where I thought maybe I won't get chosen, and I'd stand up and no one put their hand up for me, so there's no point to embarrass myself, yeah. so I might as well just stay sat down rather than volunteering, and it's sort of times like that where you think maybe it, I'm sort of compromising what I want to actually do with my free time just because of how other people might judge me because of it Um, and i think it's sort of a bad thing because say if you're quite shy i'm i'm fortunate in the sense that i don't tend to get that nervous in new surroundings anymore but when i was younger i did and say if you're shy and you don't you don't uh, socialize well then you're going to be very reluctant to try and uh, try new things because of you're going to be doing everything you possibly can to try and fit into uh, your social groups.
2: Yeah.
0: What about you, Mustafa? Um, there's, uh, like, I used to, I wanted to do um, martial arts once, but um, I was, I'm was i quite skinny and stuff, and I didn't think people would, uh, like, I think people would kind of make, make fun of me trying to mm-hmm. do this uh, martial arts, but I, d- I did it anyway, so.
2: That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so why, how do you think that we can break down stereotypes like those so people just like I t- people are always going to judge each other but do you think, how do you think that we can stop people just having these common perceptions of if you do that then you're
1: under this category
0: just be encouraging, just encourage everyone to do uh, pursue their dreams and do what they want I,
1: yeah. I would agree with that but I would say it's unfortunately never going to happen in that mm. sort of uh, sense that unfortunately as nice as it is for people to always encourage people, um there's always going to be that person to discourage and sort of poke fun of you, you so I'd say the best thing to do is just ignore it and although that sounds very cliche just ignore it and focus on what you want to achieve and what you want to do and have that as your main drive. I remember I used to do karate back when I was much more younger and I wasn't really good at all I was I used to be like one of the worst in the class and a lot of the other older boys used to laugh but I never actually realized that they were laughing at me so I would just go along with it and think, thinking I was doing really well, but because I didn't actually wasn't aware of the judgment on me, I was actually really happy with myself. And that, although it sounds kind of sad, I want to say it out loud now. My be- my recommendation would be just to focus on what you want to do and be sort of pr- you shouldn't really think about other people's expectations of you because at the end of the day, you're doing it only for yourself.
2: Yeah, um, I think that. Oh, oh by the way, Abdul Smart message, and he was saying do you think that volunteering helps deal with emotions that restrict you?
1: yes because I think with volunteer, voluntary work it, it depends what voluntary work you do, I remember I used to uh, volunteer at a charity shop and the work was quite, um, there was quite a lot of effort requ- required in carrying out some of the work and up to that point, I wasn't used to it, used to that kind of stuff at all, and that sort of the 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 motions of was before then. I was quite, I I admit I was quite lazy, but because I was having to work under pressure and having to carry out uh, all the tasks within the charity shop, it sort of forced me to push my boundaries.
2: What about you, Mr. Tua? Do you think that volunteering helps deal with emotions that restrict you?
0: Yeah, it puts you in new situations and forces you to do um act differently and behave differently and it makes you um improve yourself.
1: An example is in fact meeting Inspire FM has made me a more confident speaker in public. Yeah. Um before I I think both of you guys will remember um from student executive executive assemblies, I think everyone might remember from the first one, I, I wasn't Quite confident nervous, at all. Yeah. yeah. But now if I was to do that I wouldn't be as worried and I think that's because I when you're volu- when you're volunteering often you put yourself in a situation that you're not um, used to and therefore you're pushing your emotions and you're reaching reaching sort of new boundaries and therefore you're overcoming those emotional limits that you may have
2: yeah and I think like building on that point like because I haven't been for In have and done the show for quite a few weeks. And, like, the first couple of weeks that you were here, I could tell that you are quite nervous. But, like, coming here now and, like, you're leading your own segment of the show, it just shows that if you're just going to, like, continue to let people just judge you and say, don't do this and don't do that, then you're never going to be able to, like, complete yourself. And then once you've done it, you just feel a lot more better. And, like, I think that we were quite lucky within a high school that we, like, most of the people around us were really supportive. And, like, when we... Because when we started up Inspire FM and Community Connect, then even though, like people have this conception that, oh, like... Because at the beginning I thought, no, people are going to think we're weird because we're doing this. But then when we did it, everyone was pointing and they're asking, oh, so how's the show going and what topics are you doing? And it's from people that you expected to say negative things about it. But obviously moving on to sixth form and, inshallah, university or apprenticeships, or whatever you plan to do, I think there will be those negative people that will say oh, and judge us in a negative way even though we might be doing a positive thing.
1: I think we were lucky in the sense of the high school we went to because... Everyone in the high school is sort of similar to us in some ways and we all came from the same background Uh, We all went to all boys high school and that everyone being from the same dynamic makes much more easier Mm. Whereas in high school, I'm sorry uh, sixth form It's a a wide mix of people from different areas of Luton, different cultures and it sort of Causes you to be a bit more cautious in thinking. Oh, what 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 might he think if I'm doing this for example? um, one to Fridays, I wore a jubba, at uh, sixth form, and my initial thoughts were, okay, hang on, what what must that person think of me? Because this might be the first time they've seen someone in a jubba. Yeah. So it's those sort of pre-preempt pre-empt. wearies, and um, how you, how you think people might um, automatically judge you without even knowing you because of your actions.
2: Mustafa, do you think that anyone's ever like judged you just based on like how you present yourself within a room? before even getting to know you
0: um yeah i've been uh, that has happened to me uh, a couple of times once uh, i think it was an interview as well um they um they i uh, didn't appreciate my uh me too much when i came in but then when i started explaining myself and uh continuing with the, uh, everything they slowly uh they realized how uh nice i was <laughs> yeah. do you think that you guys do
2: that to other people as well
1: yeah and and i think that's something we actually have to admit ourselves because we often say oh you know this person's judged me but we have to often ask ourselves how often do we judge others and i'll admit that when often i see someone i might look at their clothes or what they're wearing and quickly judge them and i'll admit i did that um during the student council um of the student council phases at sixth form there was a boy who was wearing um a a jumper a shirt uh like sort of school trousers and shoes something that you don't often see in sixth form and i sort of prejudged him before actually getting to know him which um i'll admit was probably wrong with me at the time
2: yeah and i think like we were sort of guilty of that but stereotyping people is just something that naturally happens to us but i feel like we should be more open to like willing to know what people are about and not just judging them and i think it happens quite a lot especially with our generation like when i'm just like walking down like to the corner shop or going with my friends somewhere then i think that a lot of people within the cause people just walking by like judge us and think oh they're up to no good just based on like because like if i wear tracks for example outside then people just automatically like make assumptions that oh like he's a drug dealer or, he's getting up to no good or he's like involved within violence when actually i'm just going to the corner shop to like buy bread or something and I think that it's quite unfair that based on a few people's actions that everyone's just being generalised. And I think in that sense, emotions do sort of play into like our like everyday life because sometimes I won't wear a tracksuit outside just so that people don't judge me in a specific way. What about you? guys?
1: And I can sort of relate to that because I pretty much wear tracksuits 90% of the time. Yeah. And I've felt that when, say, I'm going to, sc- simply going to get dinner from top the top, uh, top of my road. I felt that someone might, because of the area I'm in, s- someone might suspect me that I'm doing something else, yeah. and that I'm one of these people that you know was always out, and I, I sort of feel mm-hmm. it's unfair. But then it links back to the idea of um, I also judge people, so I I can't really uh, call people out on them judging me until I correct in my ways in how I judge others when I. If I see people because I've even though I say I've wear track suits and I, I'm worried about how people might judge me I've judged people before about when they say that they go out quite a lot I thought I think okay maybe they just want these people that doesn't really care and in actual fact that might not be true.
2: Yeah so Abdul Sman asked a question even though generalization and stereotyping is bad isn't it just for safety as humans are known for survival instincts?
1: Not necessarily because sometimes that's fair, but sometimes the stereotypes and the generalisations aren't fair. Um, because, for example, if you're generalising someone just because of their race, or just because of the way they look, then that's not fi- that's not right. Because no one can change the way they look, and um, therefore you're basing someone you're judging someone off something a characteristic that doesn't actually define them, and something that they don't have control over
2: do you think that generalization and stereotyping is bad, or is it just a safety mechanism
0: um I would agree if there's safety mechanism because it's um it helps you like get into the groups with good people and get socialized with uh, better people Because obviously if there's people who are wearing um like have a negative uh, attitude or demeanor demeanor around them, then it's, it's better just to stay away. Your uh, instinct will tell you to stay away from them.
1: But I would disagree with that because wouldn't you say that a form of generalis- generalising and a st- form of stereotyping is racism because in, in essence that's what racism is. You're looking at someone based on their race and judging them uh, with a stereotype and mm. I- assuming the characteristics which is completely wrong and that's pretty much what you do when you gen- that's that's a form of generalising. Mm. So uh, judging someone just because of what you might see of them doesn't actually mean what that's what their character is. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think that is a hundred percent true because sometimes we'll see people like, even though they may be up to no good, they actually have quite big ambitions. But at the same time, I think from experience, that's what we develop because from experience, we see people within that. sort that have similar attitudes or have similar behavior and they don't usually have ambitions for what they want to do later on. We sort of keep ourselves away. Um, and I think that in that sense, emotions do restrict us because, of because we want to make sure that we do well in life and we don't get involved with the wrong people. Our emotions will tell us not to get involved with specific people, but sometimes getting involved with those people is a better thing to do because you open up your experiences within life, and they may end up helping you achieve the goals that you want.
1: Uh, also, adding on to that, don't you feel that when you are when you push your emotions and you try something new and go against what your emotions might tell you you sort of your emotions sort of change and you no longer have those same commitments for example say if every week you go play football with your friends on a friday night but then you decide um maybe it's probably better for you to learn a language and you give up that time to uh, probably go to a language class although at the start you might feel that you're missing out by not partaking in the sport with your friends and you're, sort of, uh, you're going to your language class, over time you're going to become so used to it that it's going to become part of your routine and your, your emotions will no longer be affected by what you are missing out on.
2: Do you think that the emotion love and hate holds you back from achieving something or uh, like achieving generally?
1: I think it holds, yeah, because I think as humans, we're often quite stubborn. And we, for example, in terms of the emotion hate, we can often not do something simply just to prove a point or we'll do something just to prove a point even if it's not good for us or if it doesn't benefit us and it's just something that uh, uses up our time and it doesn't use up our time effectively. And with emotion love, um, I think I've heard cases of people who have not followed through with their dreams just because of their... um, say relationship with someone else and because they don't want to lose that someone they've not focused they've not gone through their dreams which i think is wrong because realistically the only person who's responsible for you is yourself and you should take that as your own responsibility regardless of those around you to try and achieve what you want to achieve
2: so do you think that for someone who's struggling like trying to become achieve something that love is going to hold them back or would you say that they can have the ability to achieve something and also be able to be in love or hate something simultaneously.
1: I don't think it it, it, can, it can happen simultaneously, but I, I think it's quite hard. For example, I'm not, obviously not going to say a name, but I know someone in sixth form who um, was in a class. They, they was in a class and they wanted to be in a a different subject, but they didn't change that their subject simply because of the friends that they had in that class, and they were sort of compromising their own future and their own life. Simply for the two years they have in college, and simply because they didn't want to upset their friends, and it sort of, it sort of made me realise that some people are actually willing to trade in everything just because of how they feel at the moment. But I think we often need to realise that just because you might feel your emotions at the at the time might be happy, ten ten years down the line you might have regrets over the choices you made because you didn't prioritise yourself over sort of the emotions you had at that time.
2: Well so do you think that that love and hate relationships can restrict you?
0: Yeah, in certain cases they can. In certain cases like uh in the one Akip said, um it's it could stop you from um doing better.
2: Have you ever felt that love and hate has restricted yourselves and your day to day life from mm. achieving something?
1: Um have uh, I I sort of recognise the sort of feeling of hate, although that's quite a harsh word. i say dislike, I guess, um, because I think it's it's sort of natural to come across people you may not get along with. And in the past, that sort of pushed me, just because there might be some people there that I don't get along with, I pushed me not to go down, say, join a club or join a group, simply just because of that. And I've sort of compromised my own uh opportunities that have been provided with and compromise what i've actually wanted to do simply because of have simply have stubbornness because i just want to sort of prove a point that i didn't want to be with a certain group of people
2: i think yeah i would agree with that and i think it's all happens like for example during our exams they were not willing to give up all the time with their family to be successful within exams and if we didn't feel love or we didn't feel hate and we were only concerned about ourselves then we could spend like the whole like majority of the day just revising for those exams and most likely we'll be able to do a lot better but because of those emotions like having love towards your family and having love towards your friends and spending time with them it restricts you from doing as well as you possibly can
1: and also when of want to that part I used to talk about friends um in sixth form there's sort of study rooms there which like the opportunity to go and revise during your free time but I I know a lot of people who compromise on their um, f- uh, compromise their free time simply just to go hang around and hang around with friends um, and instead of actually using that time productively to focus on their own subjects to try and achieve that the very best that they c- actually can
2: Yeah. so we're coming down to our last 20 seconds let's get final thoughts from everyone Most of all what are your final thoughts on whether emotions do or do not limit our capabilities.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do, some in certain cases. What about you, okay?
1: I think emotions limit our capabilities and they, they limit the opportunities that we have in life.
2: Okay, guys, so we're coming down to the last five seconds. Uh, this is Community Connect, uh, connecting with the community.
0: Thank Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org?